Hi, I'm Margaret Cho. I'm here with my co-host. Hello, I'm Jim Short. Jim, we're in New York City. We're back in New York. Back in New York. We're back, back in, in this big city. Back in the city. And um, you're listening to Monsters of Talk, by the way. Uh, and we have a guest with us today who is an old friend of mine. And um, I, I don't know. I, I think that she's an innovator. She is a performer. She's a comedian, singer, actress. Um, kind of, I don't know. You're sort of everything. Uh, Lady Bunny is here. And Monster. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just perfect for your show. Yes, you are perfect. And um, Lady Bunny has a new single out. What is your single? It's called Take Me Up High. Uh-huh. And it's on iTunes and wherever fine music is sold. And what, um, what did you like? Yeah, you're, I love your voice on this song. Oh, thank you. You know, it's, it's so surprising because I don't know if people understand you have a really great voice. And the first time I heard it was in 2003 when we did the Wed Rock show. And John Cameron Mitchell really made a big deal about Bunny singing Wuthering Heights um, by Kate Bush. And, um, you know, and he was like, this is like so amazing. You got to just you gotta listen. This is so amazing. And then <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe it. You really hit the notes. Hi, do you have a singing background? No, but I was in England when that song was a hit. And really? it just transported me. And actually, I have a, an odd voice because I can sing in breathy low tones mm -hmm. or I can sing in extremely shrill tones. The mm -hmm. middle can be weak. The high notes have never been a problem. And that's actually three whole steps up from where Kate sings it because I can do the it's witch. So, <laughs> it's can, so high. It, witch, I do have a witch inside me. It's like a whistle. That You know, it's like a whistle, a head. What is that? It's like a, a whistle tone or like a head voice. What is that? I don't, so, I'm, I don't know enough about singing to say, but it's just a shrill, high, piercing falsetto. Now, but I have seen you so many different times, and we've performed together over the years, but I have not seen you sing very much. Usually it's um, doing comedy and um, doing actually things to tracks. And lip syncing to my own voice, which Jackie Beat gave me so much grief over um, because she was like, bitch, you're lip syncing to your own voice. What is the point? And I was like, you don't understand. It's like in gay clubs that are set up to have lip sync performances, mm -hmm. the mic isn't always crisp. Mm -hmm. And if you're singing a song parody, then, you know, and you come out and people hear a track and then muffled vocals that you've changed, they just think this performer is crap. Right, but which you, they may think even if they have a crisp, if I have a crisp, <laughs> if you have a crisp, and they think that, then that's the worst of it. But there's probably subtle jokes in there that you want people to hear. Not that subtle, but but hopefully <laughs> jokes. Over, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you create a, an environment that is very hyper real, and so it makes sense because um, I like the 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 like syncing your own voice to these jokes and these dances. It it does create like that laugh in feeling that you're. Um, dressed like you know i mean it's a very stylized kind of drag where it really suits you where did you how did you come across that style <laughs> probably watching laughing well you know <laughs> I, but you're not old enough for that yes i am i don't think so that's a joke reruns that's a joke reruns dear heart reruns reruns nick at night no, watched it well you know i mean i i like the 
I like the late 60s look for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. I was born in 1962, so I did grow up watching it. And that was when fashion was very experimental. You know, Paco, Raban, Rudy Gern, right? All those oh, trippy, yeah. op yeah. art, you know, things. And so and then the other reason is that it really works for me because it's an upper and lower lash and big, big wigs. Mm -hmm. So that, and, and mini skirts, which, you know, no matter how much I eat, sometimes even the fatter I get, the legs stay trim because it's like having weights on your legs. You're just carrying this big fat stomach around. <laughs> <laughs> and I do regular leg lifts, one behind each ear nightly. But well, I think you look great, and um, it's just a perfect style for, and it's also very unique. I don't really see anybody doing that either. Well, you know, I'm not a stand-up like you, and I marvel at your ability to walk out there. I asked you one time, do you think about the first joke that you're going to say? Mm -hmm. And you were like, no. And I was like, I hate this bitch. Not Because really. I was there with all my props, and everything's pre-recorded, and there's not a lot of freedom. But I was like, and she's just going to walk out with a mic, maybe a little bit of an intro song. Yeah, but... but it's it's just it's the, that I don't want to carry anything, and I don't want to put on makeup, really, and I don't want to get dressed up, and I don't... You know, I just, I mean, and you're very funny, so you could definitely do stand-up. If you, if you wanted to do that, you could do that. You, you have a, a knack for it, that though, that where you milk it in waves, and I think that can only happen just from doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, just, you know, that, and that's why I like the laughing numbers, because it's jokes interspersed with music. Yeah. The crowd is drunk, mm -hmm. and even <laughs> no matter how drunk or messed up they are on drugs, it's like, oh, that thing is dancing now. Oh, the music stopped. It's going to tell a joke. Oh, that was funny. Okay, Wait, well, well now it's thing. dancing again. Wait a second. That thing is dancing. That it's going to tell a joke. <laughs> well, we're gender neutral around well, here. You're really but that's funny. but that's even like you know, um, uh, it's everything neutral. That thing. Well, that thing. You know, <laughs> we're mixed up. You're really funny, and also you have a different kind of. The thing is, is that this is the, the t difference between us is that I go on usually around eight o'clock. Usually, you go on around one in the morning. I have a seated audience. You have a standing audience, and they're bombed. There, well, it it sort of depends. I mean, and a lot of times it's like you're performing. Um, in, I think in in a situation where, and this is not as true as it was like maybe before. I think before, maybe a few years ago, you were doing things where you were part of the club night, not necessarily you're performing. Now they come to see you. So, yeah, I'm developing a cabaret audience, and I think, you know, I think club audiences have a, a shorter attention span because we're very soundbite oriented now. Yeah. And the younger generation and, and YouTube and everything's in, you know, a quick, you know, oh, I read this. Okay. I like it. You know, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, headlines it, and right. And so yeah. it's, but yeah, I mean, it, when I've done one woman shows that are longer than just like a quickie club thing, I've always sung, but you know, I did my last show and, some people, I do one song straight that's just like not trying to be funny, but just mm -hmm. like it's a fun, I mean, it's a little campy, but, mm -hmm. um, and people were saying, you sound great. And I was like, well, okay, sometimes we just need to hear that little bit of encouragement. Well, you do, you do sound, you do have a really great voice. Now, the song that you sing is, uh, is that your single or is that a... 
No, it was a different dance song, but it was uh, it was just something where it was like the, the it wasn't supposed to be funny. It was just a song, a good song. Mm-hmm. So. And did, do do you, so cause, because you do a couple of different things musically. You do this performance, but then you also are a DJ too. Right. So there's like a, a couple of different things that you're doing. Um, do you? I mean, do you feel like there is one that you may sort of go into like it, one or the other? I mean, it's like I would just get really exhausted with all of the drag like i i i would not be able to put it on because i i don't have to do anything physically like i if i don't want to wear makeup i don't and i usually don't and um i mean your look is so to me very intense (laughs) (laughs) well you know it it uh i mean everything that i put on i think i need (laughs) well you look great and you have an artist's touch you really do create this drama and it's really it's quite Sharon Tate is who I think of when I see you really it's a very Sharon Tate it's um with the little toady feels I don't see toady feels I think you're young and beautiful you know the the spirit spirit of right right. with the meanness of right right but the look is very much just a Sharon Tate it's a very valley of the dolls it's very beautiful elegant um little bridget bardot keep talking honey i'm checking off <laughs> but it's also very uh a, a roger vadim jane fonda you know not not like a hanoi jane or even a clute jane kind fonda a, a barbarella a barbarella did we do did you say Bo- that Bo- or barbarella. barbarella or barbara eaton barbara, barbara eaton been is... eating too much <laughs> <laughs> barbara been eating too much barbara eaton is beautiful <laughs> she is Gorgeous. And looks great still. She's a she's a big uh, influence on me. Oh yeah. As you know, people say I look like Dusty Springfield. You know. Yeah, but, I can't. I, well, young though. But it, Barbara was the one for. I, well, I I grew up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, so I loved the witch shows, Ooh. Bewitched, oh, yeah, and I dreamed Jeannie because I thought I could escape. Elizabeth Montgomery. She just uh, dressed up as as Jeannie recently. With Elizabeth Montgomery. I would love to see that. Uh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> Um, she's dead. Barbara, she, yeah, Elizabeth Montgomery hasn't dressed up as anything forever, but she still looks brilliant. She's but lovely. She, yes. uh, 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 Barbara Eden just did uh, Genie again with Bill Clinton. Yeah, oh, it was incredible. His, it was his, and you know it was his, it was, his it was, decision. Was oh, that yeah. the love ball? Was it was the, somewhere. I think it was a love ball in Austria. Something. In Austria? That's, so. Yes, it was in Austria. Yes. So. Oh, how great. Because it's Genie and then, and then uh, Bill Clinton, who... Uh, well, I mean, it. it he, um, he rubbed his lamp a lot to that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really, it, it, it's it's such a cute look, though. I mean, I love that. I love her pink like hair and pants and her eyeliner. And you always have really sixties inspired eyeliner. Well, I I I'm not gonna do a bare midriff look, but I loved her day looks mm-hmm. and her day hair. But mm-hmm. um, I just watched a clip of that. That whole. Genie ponytail, that is a full wig. I never realized that until about three days ago. Not the bangs, nothing is hers. Oh, yeah? Oh, it's full the whole thing wig. is a wig? Yeah. Um, maybe yeah. maybe she pulled up her own hair in the back. Yeah. but um, That's pretty common for the 60s. It looked, everything was pretty wiggy. And then everybody took off the wigs like in 68 or 69. They, they still wore a few falls mm-hmm. and stuff. But yeah, I like the big hair. And, uh, the I do lashes. too. Well, I love that look, and it's also very. It reminds me of Sharon Tate, which um, I befriended Patty Duke, which is an incredible person to know. 
who we should have on the podcast. But she told me, and I think I've told this story before on here, but um, she told me that she was supposed to go out the night that um, Sharon was murdered. She was supposed to go out with Sharon, but she didn't want to go because she had a cold and she didn't want Sharon to be sick. And she had rented um, uh, Roman and Sharon a house and then they were going to buy the house, but then um, John... Aston had priced the house too high, so they ended up moving to Terry Melcher's house. And oh. so it was all this stuff, and then Sharon was mad at her, and then it didn't, you, you know, they didn't hang out for a while, but then they, they were going to go out this night, but then she was sick, and like, you know, Sharon's pregnant, so I don't want to make her sick, and then, um, you know, then we all know what happened. The Manson family came and murdered them all, but... Well, the good news is that Sharon didn't stay mad at Patty for long. <laughs> <laughs> it's the bright side of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> Even one way a brutal to, mass murder one, from a psycho so, has a silver side. So positive. <laughs> I like that. Did you? No, did you? You've seen my chest results? I mean, I'll give me my attitude. You've seen my test results. Um, Bunny's very funny, and and I mean, it's really. I, I always I always think it's got to be Sharon Tate. Is that that your inspiration? That's got to be there too. Well, I love the glamorous large hair, and I love the lashes and liquid liner. Sure, but I mean, I would never say I'm trying to look like Sharon Tate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because that would be followed by guffaws all around. No, you look really pretty. Now, will you tell um Jim about the potato chip truck? I can barely remember that, but um, I, I, I think you remember it better than I do. Well, supposedly, this is a legend. Oh, it was. To, I am a slut. This is a legend. Um, Bunny was. Uh, <laughs> that's what it's she true. Likes, it that's is what she true. likes Lay's chips. <laughs> exactly. She got laid that day, honey. You can't just she have gets, just one. You can't, honey. It was. No, I was in a supermarket and some guy was cruising me, and I love a man in a uniform. Especially mm-hmm. if it has anything to do with food. And, um, he was, I followed him outside into a potato chip van and I, we had sex. I don't remember. And he was all that and a bag of chips. <laughs> I don't remember the, what was the rest of the But story. I think that you had described him as, uh, I don't, I don't know if this was the term halfwit. <laughs> Who else would want me? No, you're so sweet and you're beautiful. But what is a halfwit? I've never heard of that. I've never heard that term. Well, it's someone that's slow. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, sometimes we take what we can get. You know. Well, I there's mean, some really good homeless dick out there that's overlooked by many. <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't be overlooked. You're talking to scabies <laughs> and men. Let me welcome you to New York City with some meningitis. And scabies. I like a kiss. And bed bugs. Kissing the mic. <laughs> Some good homeless dick. Well, wait, have you ever... Have Is you a ever... man any less a man? Because no, he doesn't have not. a temporary uh, dwelling? Yeah, but it's always back to your place. Yeah. <laughs> when you get homeless dick, it's always your place. That's yeah. fine with me. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I've, I've attracted guys that were slow before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I... You know who likes that? George Michael. He's <laughs> about he? the homeless, uh, half-witted dick. Is he really? He's well, he's into it. some rough trade too. Yeah, he loves he loves oh. rough. I I like a little I like a little bit of like people who still believe in themselves enough to hit on you, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's hot. No matter what state they they <laughs> maybe kind of kind of in financially, 
They're all how, great. How does that come about with, well, the, you with know, the homeless? Is, could you spend some change? No? Oh, how about some pussy? <laughs> okay. No, I can't help you out there either. Um, but, but I'll throw Michael, an anchovy in my diaper and we'll fake it. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It works. No, it works. But I, George Michael does like a little rough trade, too. Yeah. Does he? Well, I, you know, I... Uh, God, we were talking about my uh, potato chip. Potato chip. Yeah, I, I, that was so long ago when men still. It was. This, this, this it was, was here in the states, though. It was. It not was in right the, here not in New when York you were City. In the UK. But you know, you've mentioned something interesting, which is that they have the the confidence to hit on you. Yeah, and that's sexy. Um, it is sexy, and that mm-hmm. is one thing that I love about New York is that people are so casual about hooking up. It's like you see someone on the street, you pass them, you both, you know, look um, at each other, and and it's like, why not? Kind mm-hmm. of vibe, and mm-hmm. it's so uncomplicated. It's just like this is desire. We right. both feel it. Right. Let's act upon it. But it's like in. On on the West Coast, as many beautiful people as there are, sometimes I feel that people are so laid back and casual that it's almost like, "Mm, maybe we could hook up or get together or maybe we could hang out. I'm like, no, I don't want that. I want... I want to jump your bones, bitch, <laughs> or I know you want it. Or that, that's what drives me wild is that confidence. Right. Confidence is I don't want to half ask like, oh, maybe we could, I, I want, you know. Yeah, I have to for, check my schedule. <laughs> I have to see what I've, I've got going on. I've never had that in New York. I've never experienced that. I, I, I don't know, in New York or that casual, I mean, I, I've heard about people talk about what you say, but I've never, have you ever had that in New York? No. That kind of. Have no. you ever? Ha- I've never had that. You know, when well, you look at some. I've me, never had it. Okay, you put on blackface and a KKK hood and head up to Harlem, and they will hit on you all night <laughs> with <laughs> with bricks <laughs> and bats wait, and wait. sticks. What? <laughs> but no, I mean, but I'm serious. Like, I've never, I've heard of that. I've heard of, but I've heard guys talk about it about how New York is the best if you're single. New York is the best if you're single. It's where you gotta go if you're single. And I'm like, you put in, I've been in New York, but I'm single forever, and I've never had anything like that. I think <laughs> it's different for for girls because. Mm. Um, Gays are so like ready to do it, mm-hmm. you know. And and I mean, I I bet you any. I don't think you're walking. Well, you just said you don't wear makeup. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Maybe we should try some. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what's missing. That's what I need. Well, I mean, I'm sure if you got all gussied up and strutted down the street like, you know, a drag queen, you would definitely get it. Maybe, but I just I put forth no sexual signals whatsoever. In fact, you know, like if you want to get, I've got like one bar of sexual signals. Like I, it's so, I don't put out it, any of that energy. Well, did you, just, when you, next time you pass a guy you like, squeeze your nipples and lick the bottom of your nose. The bottom of my nose? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. can you reach your nose? I can't, but you can, but if you try, they just love it. You can, um, <laughs> I guess that's, yeah. <laughs> but, but most men of all kinds are just up for it anyway, right? Yeah, but they assume that most women aren't. Right. And, um, mm. you know, that's why, yes, yeah, sometimes straight guys will turn to 
it to a gay guy because they know how we are. Does that happen a lot? Of course it does. Because they think, oh, the girl's going to say, oh, can you buy me dinner? Or can you want to go out or whatever? And they know that the, the, the that we're going to be like, okay, let's do this. We, it's it's I not think complicated. With you, Guaranteed. Yeah, I think with you because you're leggy blonde. I don't think you have to be blonde or leggy. I mean... But you have to have your you have to have your radar tuned to it, yeah. and and I, I mean I, the best men are on the streets at seven a.m. in the morning. Really, going to construction jobs? Yes, they are. Oh, okay. And the sexiest men, I don't know why this is, never fails. Deliver beverages. I don't know why <laughs> that is. The most gorgeous guys deliver beverages because I like I, to drink. I think that's true. I mean, I think, well, you know, from all walks of life. In fact, you know, the more money a man makes, generally makes them less attractive. In in, Because they try, like, less. Or they're just not as, I don't know, engaged in their life. I don't know what it is. They're Plus, not engaged they also in their physical think life. The money will make it all happen. And right. They don't have to do anything. I've got right. the money, so that's going to be natural. True. But it could also be a lot of women are say that they're turned on by power. True. So I think a lot of women are not like a gay man or drag queen, and they're very much like, you know, let's take this slow and let's let me warm up to you and let you know let's have some intimacy where it's not just like jump in the sack. Most girls, I don't think, are like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, my mom is, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, most girls aren't, and I'm sure you aren't, Margaret. Well, I mean, I, it takes me a while to warm up to anybody. I mean, it's usually somebody's mind that really does it for me anyway. It, it, you know, and it's less about physical attraction. I don't know. I'm. But you're not going to get to know their mind passing them on the street. No, no. Which but is why it's not. There's much more interaction on, on the East Coast, though. Mm-hmm. And I think people are, I think people communicate more. On the West Coast, people don't really talk. Well, you know, what I love about New York is that it has got a street scene. Mm. And in so many places, everyone drives. And let's face it, humans are animals. We need to see that body language. We need to smell each other. And that's why teens go hang out in the malls in cities across the U.S. Because they crave that village feeling. Of course, our capitalist society has created the villages in a place where we have to spend money. But... um we do crave interaction, and I've I've been in Fort Lauderdale with the guy driving, and he's like saying, "Ooh, look at that cute guy in, in the car," and he's like turning his head around, getting ready to crash the car, and I'm like, <laughs> "He's already three blocks away. You couldn't even see his crotch. What do you, you know, what do you? I, I don't get it." Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like if when you're in cars, I don't know. I think it's very, um, I think it's important for that human interaction because you will pass on any given day. Woman, man, transsexual, every race, Muslim with turban, you know, I mean, it's, you know, old, young, handicapped. No, it forces you to say, I am in this world with every age, every body type. And, And sometimes, like growing up down south, you know, people are mean when they're in their little world of their car and they'll th- throw out some racist thing or some homophobic thing or mm-hmm. throw a bottle. It, it's I, th- I think it, it, 
it totally forces people, you know, when you have a street scene to, 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 to look at different kinds of people and say, I've been griping, you know, if you're prejudiced against Muslims or, you know, whatever, I've been griping about them, but there's this beautiful, you know, woman in a head wrap with her kids and they're having, enjoying a beautiful sunny day. It, it's, it's humanizing. Mm-hmm. It makes you see things, you know, instead of being in your own world and stewing and, you know, thinking, you know, you, it, it makes you realize that we're all, you know, the same, which I don't really believe. But Well, I think you do. I think that what's interesting <laughs> about Bunny is that Bunny is extremely political. And you do a lot of writing about it. And you, I mean, I think that, you know, the things that you say about politics are really deeply true. And they're not always like, maybe the thing, I think they're very well thought out. You know, like what, 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 you, what you sort of write about, think about politically is right on you know and it's 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 almost like it's not exactly liberal it's more libertarian if i could put a party on it you know and um uh, what do you what do you think about that like politics and it's you get very involved you get really mad i get really mad and i was on this hbo outlist thing and i was remember bursting into tears i don't remember what it was about Mm -hmm. um but it, it it yeah i mean Someone asked me recently, why do you um, feel the need to talk about controversial subjects, you know, when um, other drag queens don't? And I was like, I didn't really think of this at the time, but I thought, should we ever shy away from the truth? No. If, or what we think the truth is? I mean, if the truth becomes something that you shield from interviews when you're reaching the most people, mm-hmm. shouldn't, and you feel that the world is very much going wrong? Um, I don't know. I, I, I would never have, my dad's very political. It was very important to me in my 20s and 30s to say, I am not him. Mm-hmm. I am my own person, mm-hmm. but he did pass some of that along to me, whether yeah. I like it or not. And, mm-hmm. you know, politics was always watching the Watergate trials, you know, and, and so that we could not watch the Brady Bunch. So I despise <laughs> politics. Well, there is a thought in the South about there is there is a, almost a stereotype of the thoughtful political Southerner. It is um, the Southerner who does not want the stereotype kind of like put upon them of being ignorant or being prejudiced automatically by by right of their birth place. So you do have that kind of Atticus Finch kind of To Kill a Mockingbird, sort of that Harper Lee kind of sensibility, you know, very thought about it. I'm not going to be a, a sort of a product of my environment. But with none of his compassion or... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> understanding or, or responsibility or depth <laughs> or looks or talent um but you know my dad you're like was gregory, an gregory an- pecker <laughs> my dad was an anti-draft counselor oh um, that's great. in during the vietnam war wow. and um he was so you know liberal that at one point he spoke with my preacher and the next day there was a red swastika painted on our church oh door. My God. I don't know why it didn't have any didn't make any sense but it was <laughs> I, I did grow up thinking that it's okay to disagree with everyone 
around you. Yeah. And then we went to Africa when he got a teaching scholarship. He was a history professor. For one year, we lived in West Africa in Ghana. I was 11. And because clothing is so cheap to manufacture there, everyone gets these brightly patterned dashikis with embroidery around the neck. And my parents being frugal Quakers, um, they got a lot of them made for me so that when I came back, I could grow into them. And the, the kids at school realized that I, when I came back to school, that I, and we'd gone into a different, like, I guess, a, what do you go into in 12, junior high school, mm-hmm. um, that I was not a girl because I was, had long hair and was wearing these fanciful blouses and the t-shirt called my name out as a girl's name. And then I so said that was a little bit embarrassing, but it was an early trans moment too. But my dad also, um, that's all interviews about my dad. Um, I've got dad, dad issues, but, um, you know, I do, I, I'm glad that he taught me to, to think that it's okay to, to, to fight everyone around you. Um, because when we when we got back from Africa, it was like, oh, the Ingles loved the N-word so much, they had to go to Africa. I mean, oh. I was surrounded by Baptists, you know, who said, I love God, but I hate N-words. And I was just like, even at like eight, I was like, that don't make no sense. Yeah, to be you know? surrounded. I mean, and Jim is from, from Australia by way of Texas, so I know that he understands also that kind of, it's hard. It's hard. Both places are hard. I think Australia, Brisbane has its own, you know, challenges about race and class and, um, you know, minorities. And then you, you have it face it again in a different way in America. So. Well, especially, you know, the, what we've seen recently with, is in this, you're talking about the southerners too, but mm-hmm. there is this kind of like, it's like this, this undercurrent of racism that's there, but it's, it's like perceived to be funny. I mean, like with Paula Dean, some of the things like she said, which were very horrible, but then some of the things she said were comical to her. And it's almost like, Oh no, they work for me and we all like each other. So it's okay. And you go, no, bitch, you just signed the paychecks. And so they're laughing, but underneath they're going, fuck you, old lady, you racist old bitch. You know. so well, not everyone that works for her uh, had a problem with the racist comments. I mean, her maid even baked her chocolate pie. Didn't <laughs> you see the help? No, I'm just kidding. Um, and I've always thought she was racist. Many of her recipes call for whites only. No, um, the um, you, no, I, 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 you know, I'm feel differently about this because you know it's you sure it's like maybe they were laughing because it's the boss Mm -hmm. but i love nothing more than one of my black friends calling me a honky Mm -hmm. because that means that we're close enough to say this these are words we are friends Mm -hmm. you know so i mean I'm not their boss. No. So, you know, if I come. But, but there's, but, they, but it's also like they're not saying it with, with any malice or any. Yeah. I what? don't know. With Paula Dean, it's like, it's almost like sometimes she didn't quite realize how bad it was. Like when they say it to you and that whatever and back and forth, there's a, a camaraderie between you, you all. Well, I and mean, their her. dick is in my ass, usually. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, there's a, li- a little, well, actually quite a lot. Of, Camaraderie. It's camaraderie. Camaraderie. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what Paula's relationship was. It might have been the same thing. But it, it just, it, but it, it's just that, it's almost like that, you know, what, what calls to mind is like that video clip from whatever. 
And she said, oh, this is James. He's as black as that board over there. And she starts laughing. And it's like, it's not, it's not, it's not like the put down of the, of the word. Right. But it's still like, oh, I can make fun of him because we're friends. Right. Almost. But it, on some levels you go, it's still kind of wrong. Yeah, I, I mean, it just depends on wh where your sensitivities are. I mean, one of the things that came out was that some of it is stuff that her brother said, and some of it is right, stuff that right. she did. But, you know, it's like one of the things that came out was the, an accusation by this uh, lesbian who is suing her mm -hmm. um, that she put black people with dark skin in the back oh. to um mm. to and put lighter skin and white people in the in the to in, to work in with people well maybe she did that but that is what america does and black people themselves even in an all-black country like jamaica frown on people with dark skin i don't know why it is but it is and i will challenge you um to to find someone with really dark skin other than alex weck who is top dog in entertainment a newscaster a head of business they are frowned on and 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 something is going on there so that's not unique mm. to paula dean no well no, i know no, that no. that it also is true in korea where um they have a lot of workers from southeast asia and then there's a lot of racism there and there's a lot of problems with um just uh you know people even though they're all asian everybody's asian it's like this value system of what color your skin is because what color your skin is sort of denotes what class you're in right and it's a very ancient kind of thing. When I was in Brazil, and they were, um, you know, saying that it is actually against the law to use their equivalent of the N-word, mm -hmm. but that there's a lot of racism, and that someone with lighter skin in no way would marry someone with darker skin. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. or, or usually, that's the tradition, little social, you know. So, I mean, there, there, there is, uh, Paula Dean is not the only one guilty of that. No, it's true, but I think that... And black people themselves. I mean, look at all the black stars that bleach their skin and yeah. wear blonde wigs. And, you know, Lauren Hill, um, you know... We don't realize how, you know, like what a lecture she was lecturing everyone She's with great. that great song, doo-wop, that thing. But it was like hair weaves by Europeans and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and criticizing people for getting their, their nails done. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, that was honest. She was honest. You know, she was and why, I think that's why she has a lot of problems. Like, I think because that she was so honest and she was so um, volatile and she said those truthful things, she challenged the status quo and, I think that's why people accuse her of being crazy. You know, that, that the, the common sort of thought about her is that she broke up the Fugees and she, you know, was nuts. But really, it's because she's so A woman unafraid. with opinions. Well, she's unafraid. Right. I mean, I don't know. I, maybe I've listened to the rumors too much. Mm -hmm. But I understand that maybe there is a little craziness <laughs> in it but 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 but, but um <laughs> she's just I, crazy but I, I was shocked that she was able to work in so many you know like girls why are you doing this she's you brilliant. know why are you ch trying to change your race mm -hmm. you know um for a man but she does very she does very honestly break things down as as does i think um india ari 
who really and and in India who gets, was criticized recently cr- for possibly yeah. bleaching her skin in a, to accompany a recent <laughs> release. Yeah, she she gets really? criticized all the time, but she's very honest and also about issues about self esteem and being a woman of color. And you know, she's somebody that I I adore. But both her and Lauren Hill both have these issues, like people perceive and me to some extent people perceive us as angry because we're even talking about race or even talking about. Just the idea of it, because it must be, you know, angry. We must be mad. It's not nice to talk about race. No, it's not nice. But you talk about race a lot. Well, we need to start talking about race because this is no longer a predominantly white country. And, you know, I cannot believe some of the things that I've heard. Like, I'm, you've lost a fan talking about, you know, Trayvon Martin. Mm. You know, I mean, I can't even believe how that has. What what is your feeling about that? Because I know that, I mean, for me, I'm like, I don't care what. The motivations where a child is dead, a child is dead, and exactly. this is an outrage. No matter where this is racially, where, no matter what this falls on the political spectrum, this was a boy, this was a child who should have been protected. But you know, it's become a very, very you are absolutely right. Let's kill children of every race, <laughs> and then Trayvon's murder will not be in vain. It's so, but it's such a. <laughs> this is beautiful. It's so ra- it's so racial, and and it's such a um it it's such an intense thing. And you know, like because I live in Atlanta, so I saw how the community was just rocked by that, and how how hard it was, and and it, it's really for me, it's just the outrage of somebody that should be a mother, but I'm not. Yeah, oh, c- com- completely. And wow, is that mother ever gracious? I mean, my God, yeah. she is yeah. a queen. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I think that that race is a big part of it. I don't. Uh, maybe the jury decided, you know, on the their their ruling, you know, or their verdict within the confines of the law as it was presented to them. But it was presented to them by a judge who had said, "We're not going to use." The, the words racial profiling mm-hmm. we're going to use profiling so um you know i i i don't know i one of the saddest things i heard was that from a black friend who said i'm not surprised um the, the hardest thing to admit is that i'm not surprised that another black person is dead with no justice and mm-hmm. or justice that's a, from a funky system yeah but um you know i I I think people are really, uh, you know, Obama called for a discussion on race, and I watched Cornell West, Doctor Cornell West, excuse me, and um, who who was saying, how are we going to come to Obama as um, someone who's going to open a discussion of race? You've been in an office for six years. When are you going to open it? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and how do you have any moral authority about uh, kids that have been killed when you're flying drones all over the world? Right. So it was, it was, you know, and killing innocent children. And it's, it, 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 we, we have to start putting two and two together. I mean, then, you know, some Bob Herbert from demos.org who used to write for the New York Times. I was shocked to see him on MSNBC, um, after Obama's speech because he was saying, 
Obama was pressured into making that speech, Mm -hmm. you know, just as I don't believe he had any epiphany on gay marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, he looked at the poll numbers and that's what Obama does. He does things when he has to. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, Mm -hmm. Bob Herbert was saying, you know, who is black? If you, if you really want to open up this discussion if you really want to help black people then look at all the income equality and look at all the things that you could have been doing that you haven't done Mm -hmm. and you've basically you know stayed you know you know quiet until you were kind of forced to say something and soon your campaign will be your 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 presidency will be ending and it's you're going to be in campaign mode for you know hillary for the next two years so i i i I don't know it's really tough to hear you know black people saying that um obama's done nothing for for black people and that they're they're actually doing extremely but we're bought the bottom of the heap is Mm -hmm. is what bob herbert said they're doing extremely badly and he's just now beginning a conversation on race i understand he can't exactly you know walk into the white house and put on a you know (laughs) muslim outfit (laughs) and and you know invite you know every you know radical black leader you know but i i just i i feel that wow so the first black or mixed race president can't address this and and then when he finally is forced to address it Mm -hmm. he does it in a way that is saying i'll let my justice department handle it your justice department yours the one that said let impeachment of dick cheney and george bush are off the table where's your justice (laughs) Mm -hmm. where's the justice of a man that is concerned he's really political is concerned Mm -hmm. about one guy you know, Trayvon Martin, but not concerned about 176 or 220, however many innocent kids have been killed with drones. I don't know. People got to start putting this together because you're asking for justice from someone who doesn't dole it out. Every president gets to that point where there's always the people that hate them on the other side. And then, but I want to be on his side. I know if he would be, if he would actually be on his side Mm -hmm. that he said he was. But but then that's when that's when people get really disappointed. You know when they find out like all the spying that's going on, you know, with the NSA scandal and everything like that, and the drones. And so the liberal people that got him in there are like, well, you know, it's almost like uh, somebody becomes president. And they're really not for, they just got to do that president job. And it's like, I always feel like, oh, who's getting served by this? It's like, I'll it's tell like, you who's getting served. The people that make money off companies, of war. Corporations, and big companies, corporations, warmongers. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing. It's almost now like, it does matter, but it doesn't matter to some degree what party's in because they're, they're all about money. They're all about ego. They're all about, I mean, you know, look at New York City with the, the, the mayor's race. The man who sends out pictures of his penis. You mm. know, uh, it, that, what a fucking ego on that guy. And I've seen what the pictures e- to prove it. What an ego and not a bad uh, piece. But I, We're yeah. getting kicked out. Oh, we oh, are? Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, we didn't get permission, so... Oh, okay. And I have to do an interview now. Okay. Something else. Well, that was sorry. Well, well, can we, yeah, <laughs> I support we'll, Wiener. We'll stop for a second. We'll stop for a second. Hang on. And we'll pick it up. Okay, we're back. Well, apparently, um, our political talk has uh, angered somebody. Some and we're being shut. The man is shutting us down. They're shutting us down. Where can they tweet you? Uh, <laughs> what am I getting my email? Well, don't your give email. your email. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll uh, bleep that out. Ladybunny77 is my Twitter. And okay. ladybunny.net is my blog. 
And um, people should get your DVD. It's really funny. I ordered it. I have it. Oh, cool. People can tweet me at Margaret Cho. Where can they tweet you? At Jimmy Shelter. You can tweet both of us at Monsters of Talk. You can um, download us. Um, you can subscribe on iTunes. You can listen to us every Monday at 9 a.m. on SoundCloud.com. We are the Monsters of Talk. Thanks, Lady Bunny. Thank you. What's your single called? Take Me Up High, also on iTunes when you're getting Margaret's podcast. Yes. So, we'll talk to you next time. Fight. Fight the power. Fight the power. That's fight the power, not white power, for those of you listening. Fight. <laughs>